Hi, welcome back to On Writing, or welcome to On Writing. This is your fortnightly podcast about writing communities and the terrible advice they give. I am MJ, she, her. Uh, I'm Chad, he, him. I wasn't sure about the order rules when they've been usurped. <laughs> I, I think we just swap the slots, right? Or just free ball it. Uh, so I am Sean, he, him. And uh, MJ, you have been spelunking this week. I have, I have. We're doing another to the people. Um, we were very helpful, I think, last week, and or not like last recording. And I want to be a little less helpful, I suppose, or more helpful in f- coming from a uh, shit poster point of view, more so. Yeah. Uh, now the biggest problem with to the people episodes is it takes me all the way back to Caesar three, uh, where if you didn't meet people's needs well enough, you'd get a rioter. And he'd just be standing on a street corner holding a torch. But if you click him, you get a voice line. And he goes, bow to the people! Um, <laughs> but just like this podcast, I would just wait until a prefect passed past him and stabbed him with a sword. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, yeah, I started with the, the easiest one in human history. By Donnie, two hours ago, as of the recording of this podcast. A you pack know, we of haven't wolves. heard from Donnie in a while. Mm-hmm. No, we fucking haven't. So th- this one goes down to you, Donnie. A pack of wolves is or a pack of wolves are? I'm writing something and it involves a singular pack of wolves. Should I use is or are in the sentence, a pack of wolves are tearing down my door? Thank you in advance. <laughs> that... You fucking said it involves a singular pack of wolves. How is the fucking... Like, you know the fucking answer? How are you... Like... Hang on, let's scoot this back a little, because that was a little urgent and a specific, and he's like, pack of wolves is tearing down my door, and 911 just switched to chat GPT, and it's being very specific about the parameters I have to put in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, in ChatGPT, more the, about it's like not failing to replace people in any real jobs. Uh, the um, disordered eating helpline firing all of its staff and replacing them with ChatGPT, which said, hmm, you should track the food that you eat and stuff like more carefully. <laughs> I love the idea of ChatGPT being a namazu that's like fucking that's running these helplines. So it's like. Uh, it listens to to this bulimic person. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow, you should eat more. <laughs> Have you tried not keeping food in the house? Right? Like, <laughs> right? like uh, yeah, no. And I think one of it did actually say, like, in many cases, you would consider suicide for that kind of configuration of stuff. It's like Jesus Christ, ChatGPT. That should be hard disabled from the jump, right? Like. My bet is that they re-enabled one of the hard parameters uh, because people will bring up that kind of stuff on helplines, right? So they're like, it'll be fine. It can talk about suicide. People are going to be talking about that. It was not fine. Status mm. update. Yeah. I, we can make it really scary so that uh, we get semi-communists and semi-capitalist propaganda to just kind of cross wires when it hears suicide. So it's all like, well, I'm really thinking of suicide. You shouldn't do that because that would remove you from the labor pool. <laughs> you have yet to fulfill your duty to the state and your fellow man. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we call that the uh, hard point shit breaker. Uh, <laughs> God, I need to replay that game. That game is perfect. That game is majestic. I actually but, yeah. encountered somebody who said uh, they played that game and they go, "Wow, that was a really enjoyable game that didn't benefit in any meaningful way from having a story." And I'm like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, like God. that dude coming in eating his donuts, be like, "Hey, heard you guys are using three percent more oxygen than uh, the guys over at Unit D. I'm here to find out why." Slower. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, uh, MJ, you do not know the amount of brain chemicals that comes out when he says five minutes, Cutter, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yes, sir." Oh no, you grow like six more fucking arms, and you're like, "I can't let him down." Yeah, that is when you set your heart ablaze. (laughs) Yeah, this ship must not be any longer. Exactly. All right. Now, MJ, book talk. What is what what am book talk? What is book talk? Book talk is a hashtag on the social media site TikTok. Um, It is a community of people that is not super unlike uh, the Goodreads community. I would say there's a lot of crossover between the two. 
And what both of these things have in common is an obsession with how many books you read in a year, an obsession with brand new books by particular authors in Book Talk's case. Um, and I don't want like the, the famous, famous Colleen Hoover to come after us. And this is like, I'm, I'm all for people promoting their books in whatever way like works for you. But I just, when I tried to look at the hashtag book talk, it was like four or five videos that included Colleen Hoover's books as a recommendation. And then one video that was like, I'm so sick of book talk talking about only Colleen Hoover. There are other authors out there. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is the entirety of book talk. It's just like either for or against Colleen Hoover at this point in time. Yeah. And we've recommended some books that have been book talk favorites, right? Like Iron Widow and um, Gideon the Ninth, right? Yeah, it's but it's the the scary thing is that I'm not opposed to wanting to read a lot of books in a year. That's totally fine. But I'm also like a big fan of rereading books and most importantly, reading diverse books. And that also means from like diverse periods of time, because I am certain these kids on BookTok have not read everything that's come before Colleen Hoover's first publication, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm a little confused. Colleen Hoover is who what now? She's a romance novelist that has some problematic books. Um, I have not read any of them. I'm not a fan or a hater. I have just heard that people have like talked about DV in her books and it not being great. Um, uh, she's ridiculously prolific. She's like written about a gajillion of these things, and every one of them is like trending to the maximum on TikTok specifically. How does this link to Gideon the Ninth? Uh. Book talk likes basically two categories of book, I would say. One is like romance novel and the other is like fantasy romance. Oh, I thought you were going to say romance and lesbians and sometimes the two do intersect. No, they generally don't like lesbians, actually. Wow. Like wow. Gideon is the one that's like not lesbians. True. Wow. They also don't like uh, gay characters. They they like uh, Hetrom. They like very, 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 very very boring hit rom oh, no, I t- like there is a few or are a few um there are a few sorry donnie and your pack of wolves um th- there are a few people who can like squeeze in something about the queers about us gays or us bisexuals there's like one or two books that like have made it through the book talk gates and are the, among the like 10 books that everybody on book talk talks about i think okay. casey mcquinlan is one of them so somebody who has written a lot of uh commission fiction uh you have to explain what hetrom is to me this is a combination of words i've never heard of <laughs> and also book talk i'm open for commissions please i want to try this <laughs> uh, do you want to get a popular book talk book consider chad chad yeah. he'll write whatever <laughs> shit you have in your head <laughs> I, like pretty fucking much uh if you want harry potter but horny he has got that for you that's in the cooker <laughs> uh, now, I learned something very exciting about Gideon the Ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the woman who reads the Audible version of it. Mm-hmm. So what I do is, when I have time, I sit down and I read my hard copy. But sometimes I'm like in the car, and I, the judge told me I shouldn't be reading my yeah, hard copies in the car that, anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I'll listen to the audiobook, and it, I get the simulcast going. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Audible would get on it so that it could read from my eyes how far I am in the book and just jump forward. But, <laughs> uh, but I digress. Uh, it turns out the narrator is fucking Mo from Nickelodeon Guts. No Holy way. Shit. It absolutely is. And she has the most annoying range of English accents, and it's perfect for the characters that she's doing, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm in the second book, she does one like really, really posh girl accent that's like mm. just incredible. So yeah. So so you've heard the uh, the first book's narration? No, I've only heard the uh, second book's narration. Okay, well, hopefully it's by the same person because going back and finding out that she who doth hoist yon aggro crag like mm-hmm. gets me burning <laughs> in excited ways. <laughs> The acro crag. Okay, I'm having like a dissociative Nickelodeon episode. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? I've absolutely eBayed chunks of the acro crag, and they've thus far eluded me. 
<laughs> like I, I wanted to fucking participate in that so goddamn bad, and then and then it could be like meeting Mo all over again as I can't remember her name, but the one that takes getting on this adventure has the most annoying voice I've ever heard. The <laughs> like she has just assigned her the most irritating. Like Northern English voice you can possibly yes. come up with. I think you mean Harrowhawk Nonagesimus. Yes. And she's like, Of course you can come. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything no. she says is like yes. nine part no. wine, two parts more wine once the first whining has settled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah, as MJ was saying, the. the Book talk is dominated by, like, very, very few books at a time. I would say there's only, like, maybe five books in circulation in book talk universe at a time. Well, there's also, like, a, a proliferation of people, like, are the book talk books worth reading is, like, a, a format of the book talk videos that is highly circulated. And again, I just, like, looked at the top, like, hits of, like, the book talk hashtag. Mm-hmm. As I don't, and then now I have, for you, dear listener, I have destroyed my For You page on fucking, <laughs> I want my, my pole dancers back, like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, she, was, she went caving, she got stuck horizontally, the, the feds are, like, supplying her, like, a small drip of water while figuring out how to blast her out of book talk, yeah, it's a whole thing at this well, point. Well, and, and I'm all for, like, finding what's new, especially, like, the latest release by authors I really love. But it's the same books over and over and they're all brand new and it's all like hyper privileged people who have tons of time to like fucking read whatever they want. And it's like 50 books and it's only June. And I'm like, fuck you. Did you actually read any of these books or like, you know, they're just that quick of reads because they're all like uh, fantasy or I don't know how to, the romance and fantasy put together. There's like a funny like blended word that people use on TikTok. Yeah. I, I do not care to use their portamantos. We, we we can use our own, right? Like we can name mm -hmm. it Chad genre because that's the <laughs> Aussie man's play. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's not just an effect. That's the law, so to speak. Uh, I, that that's where like I knock over an aluminum can and I go pick up that Chad citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Because for real, like, I've read over 50 books in a year, but it's been like uh, when I was in grad school. And a lot of the reason that I don't spend so much of my time reading as Book Talk Dog is, does is because I'm spending a lot of time writing about the things I'm reading for money, words for money. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel like most of the people on Book Talk have like this identity of reader, but are not interested in like what it means to they either want like the extremes of like i want colleen hoover publishing fame and i want the fame of publishing or they don't write at all they have no aspirations to be a writer all they like identify as is reader and it's this consumptive like i need to buy all the prettiest hardback versions instead of go to a fucking library and check out a book mm -hmm. i have a uh I have a frustratingly anti-me uh, position when it comes to those types of things. Where uh, I don't, I don't judge any level of consumption of media because of the way that I see how how consumption of media intersects. Um, my preferred style is very aggressively, as Sean has seen, where like I'll labor over something, and then I'll sit there and I'll ponder it, like Conan the Barbarian did, as he was pondering just how much he was going to decapitate Tulsa Doom. Um, and then I'll come up to Sean and I'll be like, okay, so let's just go over fucking everything. Like, all of it. For six mm -hmm. months. Um, however, there is a group that, like, as much as I say just consume what's out there, it puts food on the table for people that are creating the media. Also, it may rouse something in you. Who knows? At the same time, I am so fucking irritated when people lure me in with, like, I love talking about, like, books. I'm like, okay, so let's talk about it. Why did you like that book? And they're like, ah, forget that. You know what I look for in a book? I, okay, what do you look for? I look for ones with covers. <laughs> oh. Okay, what else? Sometimes I, I really enjoy when they're like $7 more in Canada. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, did you like, okay, okay. What did you like, like in the book? Okay. So there was this one part in Twilight. Okay. So we're getting somewhere. 
where there were like 40 blank pages. That ruled. Okay, so you like the <laughs> part without words. Okay. I do actually have a book of a very hard to find um, French 13th century romance that was missing some pages. It had just like a bunch of blank pages and then I had to like photocopy my friend's version before class in order to finish reading the book. There's, there's the 20 blank pages happens. <laughs> I, what was the book about? It's the Romain de Silence, or the Romance of Silence, and it's about a girl who is dressed up as a boy from a very young age by her parents because only boys can inherit and they only have a daughter. And she tends ends up being like the best knight in the whole world and like saves the king. And then Merlin comes around and unmasks her as actually being a girl. And then she has to marry well, the king Mer instead this of this is being. one of the ones in which Merlin is captured like a cave goblin, right? right? <laughs> yes. Well, have you considered the possibility that Heldris of Cornwall just had depression? And he wanted to show that like Lancelot also had depression, so he just pulled the pages out. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Roman de Silence is pretty interesting because they're basically like, yeah, we're going to trans our daughter. It's fine because uh, they're like, look, we'll call her call her silence. And if we don't have a son after that, we'll say that he's a boy named Silentius. Right. Like and if we have a boy at some point, we'll be like, ah, yeah, silence, a virtue for a woman. Good. It's <laughs> right? like, that's literally it. Right. Like which now Ursula strongly disagrees with uh, courtesy of the new film. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, so, like, I'm not going to sit here and get mired in, like, okay, maybe our country doesn't need to careen towards civil war on the back of, like, mermaid movie, okay? So, the fact that the culture war surrounded mermaid movie makes me go, god damn, we need, like, a giant squid attacking New York or something. Yeah, we need, we need a Godzilla, right? Like, right. it does but not. I am going to say, the one part that I'm going to hop into is maybe let Ursula say awful things and bad advice to Ariel. Eh? Yeah, maybe, 100%. Like, maybe we don't have to side with Ursula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but I, mean, I think they're catching it for a Ursula spinoff movie, obviously. Oh, no, fucking absolutely. However, this does take me back through time and space in a writing community where once uh, somebody wa was, like, trying to argue that uh, to be a good writer, you have to be a reader that can, like, see the virtue of uh, any character. And I'm like, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. You have to see the mechanics behind every character, but you maybe don't have to argue on behalf of every character. Thank God they didn't land on, like, Himmler. Um, <laughs> they landed on Jafar. And they were like... <laughs> and I'm like, probably is evil, but the, the scope of the work doesn't give us the opportunity to really see. But uh, And they're like, well, have you considered the possibility that he seems pro-immigrant? I'm like, where the fuck did you get pro-immigrant Jafar out of this film? <laughs> and like, their defense was that, uh, well, he says he traveled further than, uh, than Aladdin. Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus. And then they're like, have you noticed how detached the Sultan is? And I'm like, who fucking cares? And they're like, people are stealing in the streets in in Agrabah, and the Sultan is just playing with his toys. And I'm like, what is wrong with your brain? <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, there's uh, a incredible. vintage to the people for you. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. Um, I think the point at which we decided to do a book talk to the people, though, was when we went on where I went on Etsy. Right. Because, like, we went and uh, the point at which I knew this episode would be out is because uh, I was trying to get miniature books because we're doing like a miniature bookshelf project. And uh, when you go look to order miniature books on Etsy, there are like only like eight books available plus the Harry Potter series and the eight <laughs> books available are just the book talk books like the the peak books on book talk at the time but the thing about the book talk books is that they're already per se popular right mm -hmm. shit like Gideon and shit like Iron Widow needed to launch on its own like perpendicular to conventional marketing colleen hoover's book does not need marketing like that right like the other uh, sarah j moss books like the the court of thrones and roses series does not need fucking this kind of like guerrilla marketing it's already been optioned for a hulu original series 
right? <laughs> and, the, and, and, and again, like, I'm on Chad's side. Like, if you want to consume and you have the ability, like, work-wise, labor-wise to consume 50 books in half a year, then, like, fucking do it. But, like, go to your local library and help them out. Like, it's the... And I like pretty books. Like, I have a shelf or two of, like, really nice signed books, mostly from, like, my writer friends <laughs> that's, or teachers that I, sign things. But, like... You know what you don't do that I just read about? So, in the wake of uh, R.I.P. Cormac McCarthy... Uh, this Aww. podcast will never be the same. Um, I, that's karma on me for dancing on uh, Ted Kaczynski's grave. Uh, <laughs> Personally, you, yeah. you killed Just you, only you. Like that. Yeah. Um, but apparently, in the wake of his death, uh, his fans are—they're a little weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's read Sutri like four hundred times is it. It's a good book about watermelon fuckers. You don't have to read it 400 times. <laughs> um, I, were there Easter eggs in the first watermelon fucking you didn't get? Uh, but I digress. So so they're just buying up everything with Cormac McCarthy on it. Is they're like, because I guess they think like the ink came from his blood. So now no <laughs> new copies can ever be printed again. So to meet that demand, people are going to libraries and checking out Cormac McCarthy books and selling them online. Jesus. Yeah, don't oh do that. Oh my god, don't, don't do, do that. that. No. Um if you do do that, let me know. Give me your address. I'm coming with a big old stack of $100 bills that's that I have to elude the authorities shaped like a tire iron. <laughs> you paper mache them into a tire yeah. maintenance appendage yeah yeah well i think we wanted to talk about this a little bit sean and i in this episode or some episode <laughs> excuse me and um it's that not really tiktok but goodreads has a dead account problem like facebook so sean and i were saying that there is a dead people problem that is come to Goodreads. It was originally on Facebook and we've been talking about it on Facebook as a community, as like a society for a while that there are more like dead people accounts on Facebook than there are active alive Facebook users. And the other day I was on Goodreads and my friend who died last year at a very young age of like in her 30s, like very young age like this poet friend of mine, saw her like doing activity on Goodreads like a year after she died. Like and I assume it's someone that has access to her Goodreads account, someone in her you know among her loved ones that is perhaps like finishing like a a rating on a book she was reading right before she died or something like that but it is going back to this like we we have this weird not just like the weird alive community that's obsessing over like brand new shit but we also have like dead people walking around on goodreads still rating books and stuff (laughs) yeah and uh i think that emphasizes something that needs statement that people don't seem to believe in but it's fucking real goodreads is social media right like oh, goodreads, yeah. facebook tiktok instagram the same thing it's the it is the same yeah, thing it's just your flavor of like social media Mm-hmm. like if you like uh, a court of thorns and roses goodreads for is good for you and if you like uh slurs next door is good for you <laughs> <laughs> And that's I agree with this. I don't think that this is a controversial uh, take. I do think Confirmed a lot of people the fact that Marjorie likes slurs in uh, next door. No, I mean, yeah, I don't like that. I agree that that's true. I also agree that like Goodreads is well, social media. That's not okay, controversial. I to think me. it's one of those things that kind of like a zoo, right? You <laughs> you may not like that that horrible, ugly, violent creature exists in the world, but it's cool that I can go look at it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, yeah, it's like the the insectarium reptilian part of the, yeah. the the zoo where you're like, that's a lot of cockroaches you just put in a cage, my guy. I think I see enough of those in my day to day. I don't need like, <laughs> the special ones. Ooh, cool. Hey, check it out. This this one, this one will eat 80 percent of its young. Look, it's doing it now. Why did I buy a ticket to this? <laughs> I paid you to. <laughs> what? Let that thing eat its own babies. I, cool. The only insect that I like are those. Are well, apparently China Mayville likes them too. Are those goddamn dung beetles that, like, when they run, it, it's not just that they're hauling these perfect spherical things of elephant dung everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's that they live in like one of the hottest fucking places on Earth. Mm-hmm. And they're like bouncing their feet like they're going hot, 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 hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it is absolutely some like Looney Tunes standing on a giant frying pan shit. Uh, And I think last note on book talk before we head off of it, um, the marketing 
it's reflexive marketing so that like if you pay for a marketing push it makes your shit trend right and then other people who want their videos to be monetized will push for the same thing even though it is by definition a brand now is advertising for books better than advertising for like i don't know like brain pills or like a 500th direct-to-consumer home goods company probably marginally but like it it is worth noting that you're not necessarily seeing the books that you should read or the books that you will even enjoy no yeah, it is true you reading great sure well there is also kind of that feeling about like honesty Mm-hmm. Right. So when somebody's all like, I have the book for you, but it turns out what you're really pushing is like that person's brand. It mm-hmm. kind of feels shitty. Um, I You shouldn't feel like that. You should feel like that there's honesty afoot. So when you consume Chad brand, you know what you're getting. All Chad, <laughs> all brand. <laughs> You rename Brad to Chad, so you like, and, and then this Chad is also Chad. like reflective of the algorithm because, again, like there are probably people out there doing amazing book content, like that are highlighting the books that I want highlighted, the books that are like by the amazing authors that are not getting the popularity. But what's getting to the top of the algorithm? What's coming to my screen when I look and destroy my for you page by looking at the hashtag book talk mm-hmm. is the ones that are already super popular. And it's like, yeah, again, like I like to keep up with like the brand new releases, but like if that's the entirety of your Goodreads or the entirety of your book talk, like take a minute, take one, one of those a hundred books you supposedly read in a year and read something that didn't come out in the past 10 or 50 years. I've also now, never seen a book in translation on book talk with one exception. Chad, can you guess what the one exception is? Is it three body problem? It's three body problem. <laughs> uh, you know what I love about algorithms is that uh, if you call them, your ISP denies it. But your <laughs> ISP is totally selling all your shit. Yeah. Um, it's weird that I have to pay them $120 or $80 or whatever per month so that they can sell my shit. Uh, I, I feel like maybe I should get some of that back, but mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell when there's multiple people in the house and uh, they all have different YouTube accounts and the other people start getting some of your recommendeds. Mm. And you're like, hmm, that's curious. There's some leakage. And I'll like never forget as I'm just sitting here happy as a pig and shit. And suddenly I hear, Chad, what the hell's Acadia? <laughs> And I'm like, it's what broke before the guard did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Speaking of uh, YouTube recommendations, Chad, uh, you discovered two guys. One guy we like, one guy we're not so much a fan of, right? One guy is a very strange man. Um, And I feel a little bad shitting on him. Um but then I remember the things he said, and I stopped feeling so bad. Uh, so, so believe it or not, on YouTube, there's like a surprising absence of quality material uh, deconstructing Ari Howard. What? Really? That's crazy. I would never <laughs> have guessed that. What? Illuminati uh, didn't cover that? Uh, well, they fucking should. Well, uh, she's fucking uber giga canceled. She's fucking fractal canceled. This is a, this is a deep cut because Illuminati went after fucking Legal Eagle, and then like H Bomber guy had to like be like, "Don't come after Legal Eagle, you moron!" And like, yeah, this it's been. And speaking of like the famous people making you know social media off of famous shit, like there's like a whole subculture of YouTubers coming up just making shit talking videos about Illuminati, which is hilarious. But I digress. Sorry. Well, no, this is really funny because you have to consider my perspective where I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. So all I'm hearing is the Illuminati has come out to cancel people. Yeah, and has gotten canceled in turn. The Illuminati right? is canceled. Yeah, we have canceled the Illuminati. Like, I'm I'm dying at the idea of like in some weird parallel universe, Alex Jones came out and went, we, uh, we found some disturbing tweets in the Illuminati's history. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got some burner accounts from the Illuminati. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> she, she subtweeted legal, legal folks. It's, uh, it's all over for her. <laughs> I, but so, an introduction to Robert E. Howard. And, and it's, I, at the very least, it's not the John Milius story, mm-hmm. uh, which is so funny how many people hear that. 
and they're just like, uh, for those that haven't heard the previous episodes in Conan Unchained, the behind-the-scenes edition to the Conan the Barbarian uh, DVD collection, uh, they, they're talking about Robert E. Howard, and then they turn to the writer-director John Milius, who also wrote the iconic USS Indianapolis speech in Jaws, and he also directed Jeremiah Johnson and Red Dawn and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they turn to him, and he just fucking goes for it and just pulls the story out of his ass where he goes, so he was this really crazy bird that thought the entire town was trying to exterminate him, and every night he would fortify his house and load up all of his guns, and then when he was there, a shadow overtook him that he knew was Conan, and Conan held up this axe and said, you're going to write exactly what I tell you or I'm going to cut you in two, and so terrified, Robert E. Howard would write as though somebody was dictating to him, and that's how he got so many stories out in such a short amount of time. He was really nutty. None of that happened. Like, yeah, this, at all. Is, this is like the the fourth or fifth most interesting lie that John Millie has told, yeah. right? Like, man was kind of dissociated from the truth, and I think that's probably part of why he was so fucking good at, like, writing right. this shit. Oh, and if you don't know, he, not kind of, he literally is Walter Schoback. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, the Coen brothers met him and based Walter Schoback on him. Okay. Right, so so he's. I guess you got to imagine more like Conan said, "This is a red line you do not cross." He could get uh, us a toe, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I with can get you nail some polish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but now I love that John Millius just went for that. Like, yeah, that rules. <laughs> just, just fucking go for it. Just like, why are you asking me instead of a biographer? Okay, if you're gonna ask me, okay, so here's <laughs> what happened. <laughs> two kinds of lie in the world, right? There's the the lies that make the world a more glorious place, and then there's, like, the self-aggrandizing, like, petty bullshit lies that make everything a little bit worse and make us all a little bit more skeptical, right? Yeah. Like, this is definitely the former. This rules. <laughs> yeah, I... Especially because, like, when he talked... The things that you think are lies about him are truths told by other people, so he also wrote Apocalypse Now, and, uh... I, I'm sorry this is turning into the John Milius podcast, but I fucking love John Milius and Ari Howard and Conan. Um, well, we, we, we need to give equal time as we did to Colleen Hoover, to John yeah. Milius, obviously. So mm. so John Milius was there with uh, Brian De Palma and Martin Sheen while Martin Sheen was voicing over the, I wake up and I'm still in Saigon, damn it, or whatever. Uh, and... Milius goes, I'm just not feeling it. Like you don't, you don't have it. And Martin Sheen's like, well, so what the hell do you want me to do now? This is a tour. This is a story told by Charlie Sheen, who was watching. And he goes, well, you gotta, you gotta get in there and get it. And Martin Sheen's like, this is the best I could do. So fucking John Milius just pulls out a fucking Beretta and puts it down and goes, you know what that is? That's a nine millimeter Beretta locked and loaded. What in the pipe? Put your hand on it. And Martin Sheen goes, no. So he fucking grabs his hand and puts them on it. And he goes, now read the lines. And those were the lines that made it into the movie. Fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck it. I love John Milius. Uh, but what I don't love is Grimdark Half-Off, who made an introduction to Robert E. Howard, which is like this just kind of, he reads with the enthusiasm of somebody who really, really needs to talk to us about like the Russian sleep experiment with kind of shitty images that he mm -hmm. found online for it. Mm -hmm. Um and he goes through he goes through some basic Wikipedia facts, and that's where he's on kind of a boring but accurate rail. It's when he starts speculating, the shit gets really fucking weird. Such as uh, <clears throat> when he says some people have insisted that Conan was a self insert for Robert E. Howard, and it's like kind of yeah, like that's just hard science fact. Like he wrote to a lot of people going. God damn, Conan's everything I ever wish I could be. Anyway, I'm going to go help my... I'm going to go wipe my mom's ass and then uh, drill some oil. Yeah, uh, I mean, he yeah. wrote that to Dareleth and Lovecraft, right? He had separate yeah. letters to them. and Dareleth was like, yeah, he, I love these Conan books. I just wish there was more ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, and then they're like, you know how you can tell is because of the MBTI. And I'm like, and this God. was the moment Chad sent the video to me, and then I proceeded to scream into the, <laughs> like pillow for like an hour. Kazoon height. Thank you. 
it, Conan is in is an ISTP. Now, I had no idea what any of this shit meant. Like, I've seen people who wear fedoras drop <laughs> these rubric of numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assumed it was some sort of, like, I don't know. I thought that was, like, their unique ID code to get back into the katana shop. <laughs> uh, but, no, it turns out, like, all it is... Oh, hell, how the hell did I put it to you? Because it was perfect, and I'll never be able to recreate it. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I, I found out all of this MBTI shit, this is just fucking astrology for people who like swords and war thunder. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and my response was, I believe the planets are real. The stars <laughs> are real, right? Like, right yeah, at least it's a, this is just four letters that don't fucking mean anything. Yeah, that, that you could say, like, look, planet big, and I'm, like, nodding, and it's, like, a constellation bigger than planet, and I'm, like, still nodding, and I'm, like, human small, still nodding. Big thing have effect on small thing because big? And I'm, like, oh, right? Like, it makes <laughs> sense from a fucking direct one-to-one comparison. Because they're also glowing, all of aforementioned things, right? Like, And they've been around for, like, a really long time, and people have been into this whole thing for, like, a really long time about big thing influences little tiny humans. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of years, there's, like, people have tracked the, the big things up there. Yeah, MBTI is like, yeah, we wrote, we drew a graph and we put people in the graph and it's like, is there any reason this is the only, like, only categories horizontally and vertically? Yes, because those are the categories we wrote. That's not a very good reason. And like the the (laughs) 70s, right? It didn't come out till I think the 60s or the 70s. I think it's older than that, actually. Oh, like the Uh, 20s? But like, stupid. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Myers-Briggs personality test. Yeah, I took one, and I can't even fucking remember what the weird... Oh, uh, your personality type is campaigner. Your full, your full personality type code... They even call it a fucking code. It's ENFP-T. Campaigners are enthusiastic, creative, and sociable free spirits who always find a reason to smile. Fuck you. <laughs> this is totally not the you. Uh, like, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I smiled. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was when I thought Rengoku wasn't dead, but then I found out he really was dead. Aww. Mm. Uh, Mugen Train is so good. Right there, right? Like, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I I was I was playing this online game the other day, and somebody was named Mugen, and I go, oh, you like trains, huh? <laughs> uh, and it just this knee-jerk reaction I have, and this this woman hears that and, like, tries to turn it into, like, did you say Boobin Train? And I went, no, I said Mugen Train. And she goes, aren't you more interested in the second one? I go, no, Mugen Train was an excellent adaptation and story. And it bridged seasons one and two very well. Okay, 50% of the population have boobs, okay? (laughs) There are some boobs in the Mugen Train, like, you know, demons, too. Yeah. uh, Though, um... I think the biggest fucking thing about these, like, personality categories is that, like, they're like, oh, well, it doesn't necessarily encompass your whole deal. And it's like, well, then what's the fucking point? Like, (laughs) it's one of the most manipulatable tests. Like, I'm not an extremely good test taker. I'm an extremely good essay writer. Duh. Um, and but it's just really a bad test taker, and even I, the most terrible test taker you probably have heard have a podcast. Like, I can manipulate the Myers Briggs personality test. I can make it say whatever the fuck I wanted to say, whatever yeah, one I want to be. Because right, it is added, just this side yeah. of the fucking like Harry Potter test. You get two tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. What do you do? Give them away to my two best friends. Sell them for the highest possible value. Brackets intellectually. Uh, or like yell blood for like the blood snake. god and yeah. kill three random pedestrians. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's or go like a lion, right? <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of like the the. I mean, I know this doesn't matter in any meaningful. Actually, no, it does matter about as much as the fucking MBTI. It's like those old fucking Star Wars tests, right? Where they're like, where they're like, you just got some bad news. What do you do? Accept it diplomatically. 
roar like an animal, shrug roguishly, use the force <laughs> to choke them to death. <laughs> no, absolutely, right? And the corollary is like any any fucking actual productive model of a personality test like this would have to be administered by like the fucking Voight camp, right? Like it would just be like you find a turtle in the road and it doesn't they don't actually care about what the fucking I guess that's the fucking thing that people don't understand about the Voight camp, right? Like the question about the turtle doesn't fucking matter, right? Like it's not actually asking what you would do about the fucking turtle it's tracking your like rapid eye movement and like you being fucking asked question by a human being about empathy right like well they're mm-hmm. also seeing if you know the difference between a turtle and a tortoise and they're like you see a turtle going <laughs> to the desert and he's like you mean a tortoise all right book him <laughs> only ai knows the uh, that tortoise okay exists. this takes me way back to johnny bravo way <laughs> back to johnny bravo right where uh uh Johnny Bravo wanders off into this cave like a fucking idiot because that's what the show is about. Mm-hmm. And uh and he finds this bear named Kronos the Time Lord. Awesome. Uh who's surrounded he's like I am a perfect keeper of time and it also helps me hibernate. And he's got watches and clocks everywhere that are all synced perfectly. And then Johnny Bravo goes, "What about that one? It just says 12." And he looks over and goes, "That's a VCR clock, you idiot. Nobody can set those." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but the, the now constructively about writing, not just about ranting about MBTI, is that he uses the MBTI to suggest why Conan isn't a self-insert character because they don't line up on the MBTI as though that like fucking matters because people's perceptions. Uh, okay, if people put themselves in self-inserts correctly, we would never have the word Mary Jane or Mary, Mary Sue. Sue. Mary Sue. Uh, we we never have the term Mary Sue because I. <clears throat> You grow two inches taller. In some ways, you grow two inches longer. Uh, <laughs> uh, your your dad came back from the fucking smokes from uh, from picking up the smokes. Uh, all of that happens, and why shouldn't it? Like, isn't that part of the fun of fiction? Why would you be like? So anyway, a fat, depressing loser didn't get accepted to the Starfleet Academy, and he uh, worked IT from home. The end. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're going to fucking put yourself out there and you're going to like, and like Scotty is going to see you and he's going to be like, you haven't done anything worthwhile, but I like you, right? Like, that's <laughs> the way it's going to go. So, of course, when like fucking uh, Ari Howard is sitting there going, if I could do anything else right now, it would be being ripped with Afghani people looking up at me like a bronze god as women throw themselves at my feet. That's he was also, like, scared of women, wasn't he? Like, Kind of. Like, okay, so he's he's what I call kind of like a gentle incel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where it's the problem with the internet is that there's a whole ton of gentle incels out there that, that are, like, legitimately gentlemanly to their own peril, but they don't actually mean anything harmful towards women. And they're often filled with a lot of like self-doubt and feeling like they're not worth it. And, and yes, they unrealistically tend to put women on pedestals, but not in that like horrible, harmful, I'm going to shoot up an Asian massage parlor kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was absolutely in like that gentle category where he's uh, scared. Yes. But like scared of being not worth a woman's time. Uh, not so much. Not so much sitting there going, I launched wing attack plan R because they were trying to steal my bodily fluids. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think it's worth loop, looping back around slightly because he used Ari Howard and Conan's MBTIs. And I looked at the site he got those MBTI from. That site itself is bullshit. So even yeah. <laughs> if MBTI was a real thing, even if it was a real fucking thing determined by fucking like the orbital distance of an electron around a fucking hydrogen nucleus or something, like it would still be bullshit because that website is like, uh, I'm, I'm like an INFTP or whatever. I, again, I can't even know these fucking categories. I do the boomer thing where I list yeah. too many letters. Uh, uh, I am like an ENFP and uh, a Conan. I really relate to Conan, so I think Conan's an ENFP. This is literally from the site there, right? right? <laughs> well, first off, if you relate to Conan, you're probably doing it wrong. Like, don't relate to Conan. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, especially since, like, if you showed Conan a laptop with a personality test on it, he'd throw it at you and then skin you. <laughs> well, I don't know if he'd skin you. He'd be like, hold my bag while I'm going to go do some shit, right? Like- well, I, I was telling Sean, and if you haven't read Conan, 
I what really makes it sword and sorcery versus fantasy, and what really gives sword and sorcery its shtick is that like there's nothing. The the heroes have to become heroic, but they are like not base heroic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conan is like accidentally pushed into an into a corner by the worst evil, where he has to kill it. And now he's a hero as a consequence. But like the one that I showed Sean, it starts with him in a desert running from an army. He signed up with his mercenary that got its ass kicked going, that was a dumb fucking idea. Mm-hmm. And looking down at this woman going, okay, uh, I ran off with you because I kind of liked you, but here's my jug of water. Drink it and just think of the rabbits. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, that's literally how it starts until they see a city and they're like, well, let's go see if there's an old God to kill in there. And there was no way. Yeah. He's <laughs> literally like, yeah, drink all the water. And then she, and she's like, but Conan, what about you? And he's like, don't worry. And he, then he thinks to himself, yeah, I let her drink the water. So at least when she dies, she'll die full of water. Cause I'm going to kill her. And then myself, this is a yeah. great plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like imagine fucking Aragorn rocking that shit. Absolutely not. That right there is the delineation between sword and sorcery fantasy because again the, the way, premise is that like he's not they're not even like out of water and he's like well right. that's it guys <laughs> <laughs> now the guy also has a video called an introduction to hp lovecraft and mm-hmm. i'm a little worried about that one because i think that any video entitled an introduction to hp lovecraft should start with the sound of like a bottle of brandy being opened and then liquid being poured into a cup and then the lighting of a cigarette and okay sit down this motherfucker was bad let me tell you Uh, Uh, and and he was weird now fortunately on the other end of the scale of videos we also did run into a good guy mm -hmm. uh jason pargan now i want to preface this with i don't agree with jason but i like where his head's at and you could all learn from jason i would also like to preface this with jason come on the show come on the show come on jason come on what are you afraid of what are you afraid of i we got all the water you you should be afraid of chad okay well he will rename you into chad pargan it's it's inevitable i i'm i'm so fucking arrogant i've decided because of the Ozymandias effect that the word Ozymandias is just egyptian for chad i don't give a shit what it was originally uh uh, so fucking dude and watchman also chat owl or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, no, but so Jason Pargan poses this question of like, can Hollywood, uh, there's a kind of story that Hollywood yeah. can't tell well, or rather they can't yes. tell it correctly or successfully. Yes. And it's about, it's about cults of personalities. And his thesis seems to basically be that Fight Club is demonstrative, that all Hollywood does is accidentally enrapture people into cults of personality. They're like, oh, shit, we did it again. Um, strongly, and that for sure uh, happens, right? Like, right? No, it absolutely does. Which, first and foremost, I want to say that's like one of the great things about art is that like if you accidentally get everybody worshiping Tyler Durden, you've just done like the best postmodern art ever. <laughs> right, and then you just point to those people and be like, "Those are the dumbasses." Yeah, same thing with like Lolita in either book or Jeremy Irons form. Mm-hmm. Or like you missed the fucking of, point. I don't need to think of Jeremy Irons doing anything Lolita esque because I love Jeremy Irons. Exactly, that's the problem, right? Like he, he was so good in House of Gucci. Oh my god! And the this is kind of killing me. That it's kind of being framed as like I love Jeremy Irons. You know what? Maybe she was asking for it. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's like the whole thing is that Humbert Humbert is a very en- enchanting writer, right? Like mm-hmm. as written by Nabokov and that you feel disgust with yourself for liking his writing and the way he's describing these horrifying events. Right. And that you, it makes you think about yourself. It makes you think about society, you know, that and people are like, no, wow, actually relationships with 12 year olds are good, actually. Right. Like and it's like, no, fuck that. Right. Like you missed the point. Uh, and that's that's what the true element of Pargan's video. Now, the untrue element, I would say, is his analysis of Fight Club. Because <laughs> he had talked about how Tyler Durden is selling like masculinity and then yet he's making people these like regimented, almost insectile, like he's controlling their schedules. He's controlling their outfits. He's not allowing them independence. It's like, well, he they weren't looking for independence or masculinity, right? Like that's why they threaten people with castration. That's why that that's the importance of the speech about like we are the generation uh, of men raised by absent fathers, right? Is that it's about alienation and like your disconnection from things. And what Tyler Durden is selling is authenticity. Mm-hmm. 
Which is weird to come from a guy that doesn't exist. Exactly, but that's the biggest point, right? Like, that that, that Pargan was right in that Tyler Durden is selling something that isn't real, but he was wrong that it's masculinity. Because obviously it's not masculinity, right? He has them doing domestic labor, making soap. He has them, like, uh, he, he is energetic in recruiting, like, uh, Bob, right? Like, Robert, I can't remember his last name, right? Uh, his name is Robert Paulson. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping that played by, would work. Played by Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf uh, sold the greatest man-titted, no-ball-having person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the whole premise, is that it's not uh, not about masculinity, right? <laughs> well, now, now, counterpoint, is it possible that what he's saying is that the reason that they can't tell this story is because they can't is because they don't successfully indict it enough. So, like, people don't walk... Because So, what I watched his take, what I got from it was that he was saying that Hollywood can't do this because Hollywood is incapable of successfully telling a story about a cult of personality without drawing the audience into a, uh, the cult of personality. Yes, and I've generally, I, I generally agree with that narrative with the caveat that it's only when the protagonist is drawn into the cult of personality right because there's a lot of stories where the audience and protagonist are disaligned so for instance mm-hmm. um like suspiria is a story about this right but at no point is the audience allied like aligned with the protagonist right we are not we are um, not like nth tier super ballet modern dancers like mj I'll... you're a dancer but you're not a, like a suspiria dancer right no, no, I'm too old for that shit, man. I maybe like back in my days, like when I was a young pro dancer doing the shit all the time, but not now. I'll Even be the then, asshole. the shit. Huh? Sorry, I'll yeah. be the asshole and point over to fucking Amadeus and just be like, if any one of you were on the protagonist side, get help. well yeah that's exactly it right or like moby dick moby dick is the story of a cult of personality arising around ahab in the suicidal endeavor right and you're not the whole thing is like ishmael's like dog i don't think this fucking this deal's gonna be okay and he's like looking around and everyone is like yeah this thing's gonna be great right like that you can tell this story just like not affiliate the protagonist with it so you either have the protagonist not be seduced or you don't align the protagonist with the seduction right uh this is true in like a bunch of brando sandoz books weirdly enough right because the uh warbreaker is about the the guy who wants to fuck with vasher uh to use the like one breath thing sorry for going to brando sando deep cut and everyone's like wait a second this is a bad idea we shouldn't create war between these two kingdoms this is stupid right <laughs> mistborn mistborn book one same thing so yeah no it's totally possible and like it's also possible to have movies that about people who are just impossibly charismatic who are revealed to be evil by the end. So, for instance, like Cape Fear. Cape Fear is a good example of a movie where the protagonist is just charisma, right? Like, oh, just yeah. maximum. Wait, uh, antagonist? Antagonist, yes. Okay, I, I thought I heard you say protagonist. I, I did like, say yeah. protagonist. I said okay, protagonist wrong. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah, Nick Nolte is not exactly oozing the charisma in that. Like, no, I, I had to bury it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, like uh, this, I this this is a dude who was so fucking unlikable. Now that's a really good parallel, by the way. Is you have the super likable antagonist, mm-hmm. and like just the dude who the protagonist, where you're fucking looking at Juliet Lewis, and you're like, please, please let this be like the prequel to Natural Born Killers. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, MJ, have you seen Cape Fear? Like forever ago. She's yeah, seen it, The Simpsons, so she's basically seen Cape Fear. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just the, the, the extremely powerful Robert De Niro in it. Robert De Niro's voltage is off the charts. It's like the De Nierest movie there has ever been. I, it, it's also funny, too, though, because uh, one thing that I rail against is making your work too prescriptive. And if your audience falls in love with the wrong guy, then, like, fucking let them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but it's also funny because Cape Fear handles this in a very interesting way. Okay, so he does some things throughout the movie that he definitely should not do. And beating and raping a woman is definitely high on the <laughs> list of things he shouldn't do. Yeah, that's do. a pretty high one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and of all women, the woman from who appeared in Six Feet Under for an episode to replace Federico. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, she appears in, like, fucking everything uh, up until, like, 1998. And then she just kind of stops and then appears in six feet under and then stops again. Uh, mm-hmm. But I digress. So uh, 
he does a lot of bad things, but there is like no sure way to get the audience to walk away deciding Robert De Niro isn't in the right, like sinking down into the Neptune's depths of a bayou while <laughs> gibbering in tongues. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the mask just peeling off his He's like, I do not know how to do that. Blurb. Yeah. No, and like that's that it, that's exactly right, right? Like, it, it it is possible to tell this story. It it simply is. It just you need to expand the your conception of what the core story is. Now, I have some Reddit posts. Does anyone yeah, want we, some Reddit posts? I yeah. of course I want some Reddit posts from Donnie. How right, do Donnie. I know when I'm too over-descriptive? I'm writing a book and I'm that... I'm writing a book and I'm scared that I may be being too over-descriptive. Well, he's on to... He's on <laughs> to something. Like, uh, yes, I'm seeing that, but he could have been like... I, I was really worried that he's all like, how do I know if I'm being overly descriptive? My characters are too loquacious. Their charisma varies. Uh, yeah. My villains are too lugubrious, uh, but continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's it. That's like the whole post that <laughs> he's done. Uh, I, just, I just thought so that and I'm like, Donnie, give, like, come on. Donnie doesn't give us any samples. Nope. Right. Donnie, can I get a, can I get a, a passage? Can I get a, can I get a framing? Like what, what do you mean too descriptive? Is this because you've gotten feedback that you're too descriptive? Have you read someone else's text that was really terse and it was less descriptive than yours? Like, did you kick into some Steinbeck or like Hemingway and be like, wow, they don't use any fucking adjectives. This is wild, right? Like, <laughs> like ha- you have no signs. This is like, you go, you go on WebMD and you search for pain, right? Like, <laughs> and you're like, huh. <laughs> A lot of things could be doing that. Uh, I-, I have a great one by, uh, we need Donnie, but poetry, poetry, Donnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going. I, I'm resisting making a. I'm a loving fair. the idea of a poetry Donnie coming, going. Hey guys, what rhymes with night? <laughs> that's fucking some of them but here we go how what? does anyone ever publish poetry slash collections knowing their friends and family that the poems are about may read them i feel like all my writing is a small glimpse into my soul and that is bad enough all right in the what we just said a while ago fucking set your heart ablaze and just deal with it that right. is dialed <laughs> up to a million with poetry of course because in many poems that is literally what i'm aiming to do this is punctuated like shit by the way right. that seems hard enough to grapple with in itself but i, I poets, love that you point out that the punctuation is like shit by the way because like what got you into poetry i hate punctuation as you can yeah. see <laughs> <laughs> but how do poets publish entire collections of very personal poems referencing real identifiable people and relationships within their lives any number of whom will likely read their work and understand that they are writing about them well firstly Bit fucking mad, wild overestimation that your friends will actually read your poetry. Okay, that's yeah. step one right there. Unless you're in a poetry community, not going to happen. Not a concern. Don't worry about it. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I have. I, I've got two big, two big fucking answers. First of all, I don't believe it's a window into your soul. Next no. question. <laughs> uh, the, the second one is if you're still concerned about like what the people who are getting a glimpse through the window into your soul are thinking, you haven't embodied enough wrath to become a poet yet. So, <laughs> right, so like you need to embrace lighting a cigarette and going, mm, I said what I said. Yeah. Well, that's the whole fucking thing. Like, and also like about, um, that like people that, you know, your friends and family will get insight into you. Um, Could you imagine if okay. James Baldwin said that he was worried about what people might think exactly. or past liaisons <laughs> might have thought of James Baldwin's writing? <laughs> Just Audrey Lord out here like, holy what shit, people I, get an idea of my thoughts as she's like writing her fucking like ghost Sona having lesbian sex in the past, <laughs> right? Like, I'm actually now picturing like James Baldwin talking to Truman Capote going, what if people think it's controversial? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poetry is exactly. supposed to bring us together. Yeah, like or uh, fucking Emily Dickinson, right? She just didn't publish anything, right? Owned, right? Like that's that's your answer there. Just don't publish, right? Yeah, just, I, yeah I, I do have to get in that um, the Donnies of poetry out there in the world, I think, are the people who buy collections of spoken word poetry. Let's just like I, I'm gonna say that again. They buy a printed work of spoken word poetry this is like the donniest thing you can do as a poet mm-hmm. 
And you, you're reaching for that name. You're reaching for that name so hard, but we're not going to say it, right? I'm saying n- nothing. No, I'm, I'm okay. saying Donnie. I am saying Donnie. Yeah, poetry Donnie. Who's poetry Donnie? Yeah. Different, different Donnie than fiction. I want to throw that shit up on my wall, and when people ask why I got that, um, I go, "Well, it's spoken word poetry, and it helps because I'm illiterate." <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah. let them chew on that for a while. That, by the way, is poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you now have a window into my soul, and it and it's it's looking right at the valley of sarcasm. I mean, God, if they didn't think they had some window into who the fuck we are after like what like fifty episodes or something, right? Like, come the fuck on! Everything you do gives some, like I don't want my friends and family to know me. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, right? Are you like? Let me actually give you a self. Your problem is like I go on eight chan a lot, right? Like that's the problem. Well, I think that like it, what it would shit. say to me if I were to take like poetry Donnie seriously. Poetry Donnie is saying lies in that book. You know, like that that if you're worried about like the windows into the soul, it's you're worried about being called out for talking a bunch of shit, like saying you read a, read a bunch of shit on Goodreads that you never actually read. You know. Well, or mm-hmm. you're fucking Aiden, and you're scared that your dad's gonna find out that you're gay. Yeah. Like fucking God. Uh, but Aiden I don't want to be shot or because, done like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have <sighs> one more before we send us out. But that one I thought was great. Moving extremely slowly with writing ellipses. How can I improve this? Take By out Donnie. ellipses. Yeah, immediately. I'm an 18 year old writer. Does it matter? With a part time job at a bakery. Does it matter? Working 26 hours a week. Still doesn't okay. matter. My brother in Christ. You're not a baker. It's Panera Bread. <laughs> I finished Holy the first shit. chapter of my first draft on the 25th of March. 5,600 words exactly. Again, none of this matters. Soon after, I started my second chapter, which I finished on the 21st of April. Uh, 7,500 words. Still doesn't matter. Now I've been working on my third chapter. It's currently at... 3,452 words, but I still have a lot more to write. I spend every day writing. I have an outline. All my free time goes to my project, but I just move so slowly. Ellipses. I tried working in complete silence. I've tried setting timers and doing sprints. I've tried putting my phone away, but nothing seems to be working. Is it normal to take this long? Is there anything else I can do to make the process quicker? Because I was hoping to be finished with my first draft in December, but it feels like an impossible goal to complete with a chapter a month. Just right more, dude. If you're if you're yeah, exactly cry more. Uh, if your writing is like this, where you feel the need to put every fucking number and every fucking digit in there, right? Like that's your fucking issue. Your okay. <laughs> That's it. Your inspiration for your entire linguistic expression comes from fucking literotica. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of those fucking stories before you people go, Chad goes to Literotica. Man, I'll go anywhere there's bad writing so I can eat popcorn and fucking dunk on that shit. Okay? <laughs> and on Literotica, it always starts, it doesn't matter what the sexual fantasy is, it always starts the same way. So there I was living my normal life, five foot, 11 inches, brown hair, green eyes, parentheses. When my wife walks in, 34D cup <laughs> hourglass frame and, and like and I can just see him like this dude's wife is about to get fucking a train run on her okay that's <laughs> that's what's happening in his story yeah the no. the worlds are connecting uh d- yeah don't don't do that don't do any of that take out your ellipses or just write slow there's that one dude that wrote like 147 words per day like maybe you'll be yeah. as successful as him and yeah, Lamont yeah. says write 300 words a day and I blow that out of the water like every single day mm-hmm. much yeah. like that dude's wife in the Literatica book yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I actually I had one bonus one to send us off with I'm gonna I'm I, I'm gonna be like Wagner group I'm gonna seize the moment actually never mind we're out of time let's get out of here <laughs> just like Wagner group no no I actually finish things unlike that fucking Pringles dude uh, <laughs> it's a really it's a really quick one Donnie asks how do I stop writing mostly dialogue I have this problem where I catch myself mostly writing dialogue only like I can write a page or two with no dialogue but then I feel like I need the MC to talk to someone for the story to progress when it comes to the dialogue I can write pages and pages of it it's really frustrating to look back at my text and realize it's mostly dialogue and then read someone else's story see it has pages and pages with no dialogue just stop writing fucking dialogue that yeah, literally what, like easy yeah, peasy like, lemon squeezy yeah, yeah this is the this is the lowest tier one if you're about to do a fucking quotation mark delete the quotation Don't. mark and write some more yeah mm-hmm. actually no the wolves one was probably easier than that right <laughs> i 
I have the answer for that, and you were both wrong. Is it wolves is or wolves are? It's wolves be. <laughs> the wolves art. Uh, <laughs> fine wolf. Inside you arch two wolves. Uh, so yes, this one been... is and one are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, this has been on writing. Uh, in the description for this episode, there will be a link to all of our socials as well as the Discord, where you can join up to get some slightly more productive writing advice. We are opening the drafts and drafts crit zone on a rotating basis so if you want to get your shit looked at by someone who actually does read uh we've got people to doing that and shout out to uh we've got to specifically shout out some people in this category shout out to uh tia harice and champion for their involvement in the uh the process so far hell yeah uh it but- warms my cold dear purple goth heart yes uh but additionally uh, if you could go in whatever podcast player, podcast aggregator system you are using to listen to this, give us a review, give us a like, maybe share this with a friend that would help us out a ton uh, because you are listening to this for free and we have used up an hour and change of your day. So the least you could give us is a little like back, please, please, before we or, get, put up a Patreon <laughs> or come into discord and fight me. Yeah, that works too. Uh, But your name will be legally changed to Chad afterwards if you lose. Uh, Or if you win, you'll just find yourself looking in the mirror and also being Chad. Uh, In in my world, every scene is like the one in Being John Malkovich, where he was at the diner of all John Malkovich's. (laughs) Except mine is not an existential nightmare. I went, at last, God got his shit together. This is great, (laughs) yes. But above all else, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.